And I'm recording again, and we are live from Toronto and Los Angeles. Perfect. How was your week? It's been a busy week, but it's been pretty great, I gotta say. How about yours? It's, yeah, the same, I would say. There's been a lot going on. Can't believe it's Thursday already. Tomorrow is Friday, but um, no, good week overall but playing a lot of catch up, I should say. Mm. My internet went out for half a day today, which I thought was gonna maybe even postpone this podcast. Wasn't quite sure how we were gonna pull it off, but uh, thankfully the internet gods came back and blessed me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad we are able to do this uh, on time and get it out as promised. So we've almost been through a week of on deck the Writer Fellowship mm -hmm. started off last Saturday. We had the kickoff, which was probably one of the most enjoyable four or so hours I spent on Zoom. Quite, I should say, kudos, kudos, kudos to the team at OnDeck, Max, Eric, David, and the rest of the team who put together such an engaging few hours for everyone. So easy. Yeah, you heard that right. Four hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. From um, my time zone, Eastern time, 2 p.m. till about 6 p.m. And yeah, it's, it's always fascinates me how much you can uh, engage with people remotely. Obviously, it's not the same as meeting them in person and having that in-person interaction you're kind of like treated as like 2D boxes on a, on a computer screen. But at the same time, I think um, I personally had a lot of meaningful conversations, one-on-one -on -one conversations, walked out with a lot of knowledge about people's goals, what they want to get out of the program. And yeah, overall, really, really enjoyed that. What did you think? So I knew we were going in and it was going to be three hours, which um, I, thought, I thought that it took... A little bit to get going, but I think once it, like once every everybody sort of settled in, um, it really took off. And so mm -hmm. I, I had a lot of fun. Um, I thought that they did a lot of great icebreakers to bring people together. Um, I thought the, the breakout rooms were great. I would, I almost wish that they were a little smaller, a little bit more intimate, um, but. Overall, like I think every, everybody was able to connect with one another. And, and then after three hours, we went into using the Icebreaker uh, website. I'm, I'm, I can't even remember what it's called, but- Icebreaker. Icebreaker, yeah. So it gives you the opportunity to just, uh, it gives you prompts for one-on-one -on -one sessions to allow you to just speak freely with someone else. And I thought that was really fun. Um, mm -hmm. a couple, I had like some technical hiccups, but overall, yeah, it was- uh, it was, it did not feel like four hours. I'll say that. Yeah. And it's just been a week of events and uh, getting to know even more people. And yeah, just, there's been a lot of the ex exciting, interesting talks from different people who've, who've, um, who've walked the walk, not just talked the talk by writing every day. People like Tyler Cowan, I learned he's been learning, he's been writing for the last 18 years. Since he, yeah. since, since he turned 40, he's been writing daily, even on Christmas Day, every single day. And that was an inspirational talk. You can definitely expect someone who's been writing for the last 18 years to be an inspirational person talking about this experience. And when he came on to speak to us, he was apologizing for like the roof construction that was happening, but he did mention to let us know that he still got his writing in for that day. He still got the article out before that. So uh, yeah, you can imagine all of the, the obstacles that we face in life, you know, to kind of like get us out of the groove and prevent us from writing, but he's maintained it every day. It's, it's remarkable. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, who else did we have? So we had Nathan Basquez from uh, the everything bundle. Yep. And Nathan has uh, an incredible history as well. I think he, I believe he co-founded Product Hunt and with Ryan Hoover. And then, uh, yeah, 
I don't know his full resume, but um, Nathan Vasquez, and then we had Lenny Richeski. He used to work at Substack as well, Nathan, right? Before. Oh, you're right. He did. Yes. Um, so you either can... I'm not sure, but yeah, and then Lenny Richeski, who has a really great newsletter, uh, and then we had Tyler Cohen, and then yeah, who else? Today we had uh, Nadia. That's right. Yeah, I think it's easy for us to think um, like these amazing writers um, are also like well known by other people who are listening to this. You might be listening to this, but we'll definitely link out to all their work um, in the podcast notes, in the show notes. And um, yeah, check them out. Uh, they're, they're definitely, if you are into writing or looking to write, they're definitely, they definitely have inspirational um, publications out there. When going back to Tyler, I actually took notes on the, on the three pieces of advice he opened up his kind of uh, talk with. The first one, like you said, was not making excuses, just right, regardless of the situation around you. Uh, the second one was getting a writing mentor which is um, something I've actually been actively thinking about, but, or, or getting a mentor in general, but specifically for writing, someone who can freely uh, be critical about, about your work. And then the third one, which again can be applied to all walks of life or all areas of life, is getting a small group of people who do what you do, um, who are also working on broadly similar, similar problems and just hang out with them as much as possible which I think you're already doing that through uh, your Rite of Passage uh, community, right? I have a writer's group that meets 5.30 a.m. Pacific time, my time, three days a week. It's, and you've been to every single one of those? I've missed one, I believe. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's incredible. We actually span five time zones. So it's, mm. it's the truly the perfect time. I mean, there's... Uh, a woman in Melbourne who this is, I think, 11, 11 p.m. her time. So like mm -hmm. anything before or later would just really, really throw it off. So thankfully, <laughs> I'm a morning person and she's a, an evening person. <laughs> nice. That's good to stay committed to it, though. It's been, it's been such a great, even though I don't always walk into it knowing what I'm going to write about, it's just mm -hmm. a great habit, you know, or, or routine that I've want to continue and they're all just incredible people too but like just in in forcing myself to write three days a week at least as as a minimum is kind of a nice nice goal to set for myself that's awesome so what's the format of that um kind of session that you you guys just sit together and like write? yeah the way we the way we do it is so there's five of us and each of us we go in rotation and each of us owns a writing session. And so we try to be selfish. And so if we're struggling, if it's our session, so for instance, my session, I will maybe ask for help on certain things that I want to get the group's feedback on. And I think doing that every time for each person would just take too, take too long. We only mm -hmm. have 60 minutes. So um, it gives me a chance to kind of like, okay, what, what do I need help with this week? Is there something that I, I'm struggling with? Maybe there's an idea that I need some feedback on. Um, and so that really helps kind of divvy up like who needs help with what and how we can lean on each other a little bit. And then it also, you know, creates a, a feedback loop. So we're able to offer feedback. And I think that's as important for, you know, as asking for feedback. Um, mm -hmm. It really helps you think about how can you bring value to this other person and you know sort of how can you how can you kind of be depended on to to sort of build in a way to uh be creative for that mm -hmm. person so i think it just makes you think a little differently that's a very good point i think being a good editor makes you a better writer as well just going through that process of what makes a good piece have you edited anybody's pieces yet in on deck or looked at them? Not yet. That's actually a good uh, um, place to talk about the different opportunities at on deck. There is obviously the entire group, which is uh, fantastic. I've had uh, quite a few meetings with them one-on-one -on -one outside of the kickoff that we had the uh, chance to talk to them. They're all amazing individuals doing really amazing things um, with their writing or beyond. 
And um, outside of the, I guess, this opportunities to meet with people, there are, there is, or there are writing workshops, which is similar. I think the format is similar to what you just described with your existing writing group. There is uh, fewer people. Uh, there are few, fewer people in those, in those groups. And you'll obviously have a more intimate sort of relationship with them. And really the goal of that is to encourage each other and provide feedback. So um, we haven't yet. So the plan is to start doing that from next week. Yeah, but um, yeah. So, have you have you met anyone? Have you critiqued I, any piece? I've uh, edited, or at least gave feedback on uh, two pieces, I believe. And I think it's it's they encourage this, but I think one thing that's really useful is diving in right away and front loading relationships mm-hmm. to kind of build in that reciprocity, you know, method of like getting feedback. And so by giving it like really early on, your name stands out a little bit and they will sort of gravitate towards your pieces because they're like, well, this Nate gave feedback on mine. I got to give it, you know, back to his. So um, I posted my piece today in the feedback channel and I've already gotten like so many comments. It's, it's, it's kind of, um, it's like nerve, like nerve wracking when you first post a piece, but it's so encouraging when you start to see them kind of come in and realizing like what areas are boring or not really inspiring or what's redundant, you know? And so it's, uh, it's really cool. Nice. Are are you working on a piece right now? Uh, I am. Um, I'm working on a few pieces that are work in progress and I started working on this new system in Rome where I'm actually outlining kind of, I'm creating a master topic list of the things I want to write about and kind of like creating uh, hierarchies uh, for those topics. So say you want to write about uh, leadership or you want to write about storytelling, then there are mm-hmm. subtopics within those. Um, so you want to talk about emotional intelligence that goes under leadership, that could be a topic. So then um, as like, as I go through my day and something comes up, I just add that topic under each appropriate section. It's kind of like a mind map, but in a more like 2D format. So less flexible. Um, so I'm writing on a couple, I'm working on a couple of pieces. I haven't actually settled on one that I'm publishing next, but uh, as of next week, I think with, the, with this kind of the format of the workshop that we have as well, I'm planning to publish more long form pieces. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the newsletter that I say in weekly is, um, hasn't, given, having, hasn't given me the opportunity to do that. And I think uh, the blog is going to be a good place to, to publish that. And that's hopefully launching next week as well. Yeah, I think that's really smart. I think, um, so I, I posted a piece that was about 2000 words, which is a little scary. Um, and I tend to use my own newsletter as, as a way to, you know, either write about the topics I'm thinking about, or I'm writing a longer piece on, but just to kind of like throw it out there. So last week, for instance, I wrote about, you know, the Cole Marie method and applying it to your creative inputs, but it was just a short little 300 word summary, but it's part of a two, you know, 1500 word piece that I'm kind of working through. And it just gives me a, like another outlet to, you know, just to kind of like put some things into, put, put some of my thoughts into words and just see where it goes. And get some feedback from my subscriber audience and then, you know, apply that to the article itself. So is that, is that what you're going to do going forward? Kind of like uh, get that early feedback through Twitter or your newsletter and then apply that to like, I guess the bigger platforms being your, your blog in this case. Yeah. I've actually done that a number of times already through my newsletter. So I've, I've pitched ideas that I'm working on in my newsletter just to kind of like, Mm you know, set it out there a week in advance before I publish my actual uh, blog article. And yeah, it's, I think it's great. Cause you know, one thing I've heard, I think it was David Perel who talked about this, but when you think of like your blog and your newsletter and Twitter as sort of a cyclical or flywheel effect of ideas, yeah. Twitter is a great way to sort of like put something small out there and see if anybody kind of like bites onto it. It's, it's sort of the hook, right? And um, or the bait. And then your newsletter is a way to kind of explore that a little bit more. If there is some traction there on Twitter, put it in your newsletter and then allow that to sort of surface into a, a longer article. And mm-hmm. if those, all those three things work together, it, it kind of manifests itself into a long article anyways, because you know that people are interested, you know that your ideas are resonating 
and you uh, um, can, can use all of that into a longer article. For sure. Yeah. I've kind of, I've kind of been doing that informally. I see when a tweet kind of um, gets a bunch of interest or attention, I turn that into the, into the piece that I write on my, on my newsletter. And that's kind of what I'm actually, I was talking to, uh, to one of the fellows this weekend. We, we talked about that flywheel uh, effect that I'm hopefully at some point in the next sort of year or so, I'm going to apply to my book that I'm planning to write, but that's, that's in the outlining phase at the moment. It's nowhere, nowhere near finished, but I'm hoping to get that feedback through the other mediums to apply to, to, the, to the book eventually. Uh, but I want to go back to the topics because I've seen you writing about like pillows and sleep to like minimalism and tidying up and design. So like, mm-hmm. where does, is the, are you defining, defining, um, I guess, a niche for yourself? Or I just, I just, I quoted a Natalison in my newsletter that I just sent out. Uh, he wrote an article back in 2017 about why your personal blog doesn't need a niche. And he's mm-hmm. talking from experience where he's written about a variety of topics. And when I say a variety, I literally mean that from, um, I, I, there, is, there is a range. Um, if, you, if you're interested, check that article. But there is really no defined topic or focus for his blog. And if you check it out, and he's had a, a number of interests over the years. And it's funny how he explains that for a certain period, he has an interest and then he explores that, writes about it, gets a bunch of interest from different people and then moves on to another thing. So what is it for you? Like how, like, because we've been talking about this in our newsletter mastermind group this week as well. Like, yeah. what do I guess you could be known for someone who has a variety of interests. That is something to be known for. Mm-hmm. Um, when I say you, I mean like everyone, but it's also interesting that when I think of myself or someone else, it would be nice to just be able to define them with, with a few words right. um, or just as a source of reference for, for a topic or, or some information. Yeah. Maybe I'm shooting myself in the foot because <laughs> like Nate's known for Japanese buckwheat pillows and knives, <laughs> you know, like what <laughs> the hell? <laughs> Seriously. So like, I don't, you know, I, Here's the thing when, um, you know, Richard Feynman has this, uh, I have no idea what the quote is, but he has this method of like, you know, you should define the 12 questions in your life. And these are questions that are aspirational, but things you're thinking about and they're long-term ideas. And so when you, and then when I went through write a passage, David Perel also did something similar. And I think Tiago had us uh, in building a second brain. So this idea of like, writing out the things that you're interested in and kind of beholding yourself to what those questions are. And when you write those out, like they're all over the place, you know? And I think what I decided to do a little bit for my blog, at least, I think my newsletter is a little bit more focused, but my blog, it's about chasing what I'm interested in. And I Mm -hmm. know that for me to keep my cadence up of writing, I need to be fully sold on what I'm thinking about and what I want to write about. And it I needs love to that. excite me. And so if I pick an, if I pick a topic and I write about that topic, that's great. And, you know, I might be happy with that article, but then like for, for me, it's a little frustrating to think about like, what are like the 10 or 12 surrounding ideas around this one topic? Um, and for better or for worse, but I, I do think that I'm just not that gifted at getting excited about writing about one thing. And so I think for me right now, and this could change, you know, in six months or a year, but I think for me right now, I just need to chase what I'm interested in. And yeah, so knives and pillows, you know, but to be honest, like everything kind of comes through this design filter. So when you read those articles, you know, Japanese buckwheat pillows are so minimalistic and they're just so beautiful. And the fact that they use a buckwheat seed to, to support your, like, it's so simple. Right. Mm -hmm. And with knives, it's the same thing. Like just the way that knives are, you know, created and molded. And like, just to me, even though it's maybe not fully expressed in the article, to me, it's such a beautiful, you know, aesthetically beautiful object that um, it just inspires me, you know? So uh, yeah. Yeah. I like, I like, I like what you said about, I don't think it's not being gifted that I think it's, 
unless the, the point of a Nat's article was unless you want to make money from your blog, meaning you want to generate demand for, for your product or a service, mm. then you need, like in that case, you need a niche or you need to focus on a topic because you need to make SEO work for you. You need to understand what articles to write about in order to rank high on the, on the search, search engine ranking pages. But unless that's the case, you don't really need a niche and you just have to explore your interest. And you make a good point about, I have to be interested in what I'm writing about that. I love that because I find the same way as same thing as if I have, if I'm not passionate about what I'm writing about, it definitely comes out in what you're doing, what you're saying. Yeah, it's true. But I will maybe push back a little bit on what Nat talks about because he writes all across the board Mm -hmm. and I think the way he describes it is like, it's, it's not that you can't make money doing that, but it's a longer play. It is and a so if you want to escalate more quickly, picking a niche is probably better. Like to your point about making money, like that's, that's going to be the more profitable way to go sooner. Um, but if, if you're like Nat and you wanted to write about a lot of different stuff, you know, and a lot of it does revolve around marketing. So I, I understand that, but like he, he writes about, male kegel you know and he created an app around that and so he writes a lot about health and fitness and a lot of different things and i think he's been successful at that but he's been writing for what, uh, six years now i believe on his blog yeah. pretty consistently so um I, I think i think you can also have multiple audiences that way too you know what i mean like you could be writing like for instance my buckwheat pillow audience who might come to that organically through searching for that might like my writing for one thing or one aspect. And maybe at that, maybe down the road, I'll have like, I'll, I'll have a few articles that kind of resonate with sleep and, and health and all of that. But um, maybe they're there who, you know, and they're different than like the people who are interested in design and, you know, mm-hmm. furthering their careers. So I don't know, like it's, it's kind of broad, but I sort of love that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And I think, yeah, I think, I think, being being a person who has a variety of interests right now and um, just exploring them i don't i can't i have started blogs in the past where it was only focused on say travel and um, i just start talking about that my experience of traveling what what traveling means to me and after a while i'm like i'm actually I, i was getting tired of the topic itself let alone running out of things to talk about that's interesting enough for people to, to want to <laughs> yeah. follow you. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's, a t- it's, you can look at it from two sides. It's basically like selfishly from your point of view and other people's point of view because mm-hmm. you could get bored and also you could bore other people by doing that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. a great way to frame it. And I think, um, but, but it, I will, I don't think there's a wrong answer though. You know, I think there's nuance in this and like, I think yeah. there, um, you can't go wrong as long as you're consistent. Absolutely. Consistency is important. And I was just going to say, regardless of whichever path you pick, a lot of the times you were saying that Nats probably got followers from different walks of life or different professions. I think a lot of the times people, regardless of the topic itself, are interested in his point of view is something you and I talked about earlier this week, rather than the actual topic or the niche is I want to know what you think about uh, certain topics. And that's why I follow you as a yeah. person, or yeah. I, that's why I paid for your newsletter and not for someone else's. Um, I was talking to another friend of mine last night. It's actually been a theme this week, uh, talking to a few, a uh, few friends at on deck or, or, uh, or outside of that, um, that you kind of create a personal brand around the content you publish or put out there that no matter what the title says, or what the article is about, people are interested to re- read that or consume that piece of content. Reza, if you were to write about scuba diving, like I would be there for it. So you're totally right. <laughs> it would probably be like a 50, 50 word article. Are you interested? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no images. <laughs> uh, okay, interesting. So actually something I don't know about um, you is kind of like how you how you went about starting your newsletter as well. What was the sort of the underlying story behind that? Was it just were you 
I guess you talked about it a little earlier that you wanted to get feedback, immediate feedback from an audience. Yeah. Was there anything else there? I'm sure. No. So I wasn't writing really long articles at that time when I started it. Um, I was inspired by two things. So I was inspired by Naval's now infamous Twitter thread, how to, I can't even remember the name of it. Do do you know what I'm talking about? I can't help here. No. So it's, uh, it's essentially like how to grow wealth. Um, and he talks a lot about owning your own leverage and by like investing in yourself, you're able to, um, put like, like put yourself at risk in a way to reap the highest rewards. And so, um, I started it as a way to like build my own network, something I could own. And I think an email list is a great way to do that rather than, you know, thinking about owning, uh, an audience on a platform. And I know that's a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on Substack, so I get that, but like that email list still is mine, even though it is Substack's brand. Um, and then there was a, a another guy, um, he founded death stock, uh, death stock to, fo- I can't even remember now, but he, uh, he's, he, he founded a, a photo stock agency Yeah, and yeah. He was writing a, a newsletter and he actually reached out to his audience. Death to stock, right? Death to stock. stock. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I just looked it up. <laughs> yeah. David Sherry and David Sherry, like it was interesting because he had, he still writes um, often, but at one point during his newsletter, he, he was like, Hey, here's my calendar. And if you want to just chat for 30 minutes, hop on it. And I'd love to just kind of shoot the shit with you. And so I was kind of blown away by that. That was like the first time that I think someone had included a link to their calendar in a newsletter and just opened it up. And I actually was very inspired by him. He's, he's just, he's a great design thinker. Um, he knows marketing really well and he's, he's built a, uh, a company up and has like 500,000 people on his, uh, subscription list for, for his company's newsletter. So he knows what he's talking about and it just inspired me. So I got on the phone with him and we just kind of like, talked about whatever. And I got off the phone with him and I was just completely inspired thinking about this and Naval's, you know, tweet storm. I was like, I'm going to just start a newsletter and see what happens. And I was just inspired to do something that started to give me a little bit of leverage, you know, that I could carry through life. And it wasn't dependent on a job. It wasn't dependent on anybody else. It was just dependent on me writing something. So that's, that's where it started. Something to look back and say, I've done this and kind of see how it's evolved over time. Kind of, but also just a, like it was a, it was a way, it was a mechanism that I could use to kind of um, output something weekly and, and, and see it grow over time. So it wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily about looking back, but it was really about like, what can I do? What forcing function can I do to like make sure that going forward, I have something um, valuable. And so that little like idea kind of percolated a little bit in my mind. And I, I thought about like everything that, that is next for us. And I just kind of thought about, you know, it's, it's easy to look in the past, but like w- what we don't know is what the future holds, mm-hmm. but maybe there's things that we can do to sort of cement what the future has for us. So like, me writing was a way to cement um, my standing with my audience as a way to like, Hey, if I ever need help in the future and I have an audience of like a thousand people, like down the road, my audience is small right now. It's like 125 subscribers subscribe, but um, (laughs) I can reach out to that audience and say, Hey, you know, I'm in need. Like I, you know, I'm looking for X, you know, and I want that to be something that the rest of my community can reach out to me and say like, Hey, Nate, I need some help. Like, what can I do? Mm -hmm. And I sort of want that like back and forth. So it's a way of investing in yourself, you know, for the future. And, um, did you, did you think a lot about the name plan your next or it just like, it just came about? Just kind of came about. I, I, what I was inspired by wait, but why? So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, uh, Tim over there, I forget his last name at the, at the moment, but he writes wait, but why.com. And it's, 
it's sort of just a, you know, it's something you might say in passing to someone. And I wanted a phrase that meant something to me and, and mm-hmm. plan your next was, uh, the way I think about it is plan your next blank. So plan your next trip, plan your next job, plan your next career, um, plan your next pillow, purchase. plan your next pillow. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's, that's exactly it. So just whatever it is, like, what are things that I can scour across the internet, things I can write about that are a little bit more forward thinking. And so it kind of gave me that, that opportunity to talk about a lot of things, you know, cause I didn't want, I actually going back to your positioning question, I didn't really want to just like pigeonhole myself with one topic. I wanted mm-hmm. the ability to talk about a lot of things. And then I thought maybe my blog would be more focused, but this is completely backfired. So <laughs> <laughs> Why focus when you can be talking about a lot of things? Well, think about who, who do you, who are you inspired by Reza? Could be anybody, writers, podcasters. I guess it depends and, on like, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say like, who are you inspired by? And do you find that you are emulating them somehow in some way? Yeah, I guess I'm inspired by different people for different areas of my life. I can't say I'm, I can't say I know every, like someone enough to like Mm -hmm. kind of uh, follow them or kind of use them as examples for every single area of my life. So yeah, that, that question really depends on, on, on which life area. But I think when it comes to like the way I think and the way I write, a lot of it has been inspired by the two people I've been following for quite a while, I would say for the last eight years since 2012. And they like, they're not the most well-known people out there. One is James Altucher. Um, and I read his, I read his book first, um, choose yourself, mm-hmm. which I was very inspired by. One of the ideas in that book has been kind of like my guiding principle in life. Um, basically focusing on not just um, one aspect of life, but basically he phrases it as uh, there are four different um, ways to like look at life and you have to focus on all of those four areas in order to live a good life. And one is uh, physical fitness, one is emotional fitness, one is spiritual fitness, and one is um, mental fitness. So mm-hmm. I don't think he calls them fitness, but wellness or however you call it. And he talks a lot about basically strengthening your idea muscle or becoming an idea machine. He writes like he writes 10 or 20 idea, new ideas every day. And he kind of he uses a metaphor for like your idea kind of he's the, the muscle metaphor. The more you use it, the better it gets. Um, something I have been trying to do to do on and off. And whenever I started doing it and I'm on a streak, actually it's a really good uh, we have doing this, but we, like without talking uh, too much in a different direction. And the other person is um, Derek Sivers. And he, I follow him a lot when it comes to my writing style. And I like that he's very like brief and to the point. Mm-hmm. He, there is no fluff attached to what he shares. His books are, the chapters are maybe one page or maximum two pages long. Yeah. So yeah, th- those are two people that I kind of, there, there's a lot of people that I look up to, but they, these two just came to mind uh, on the topic that we were talking about. No, I love that. I think those two are really inspirational in a way that they're so vulnerable, like, especially James. Very like, good point. He yes. is like, there's a, there's a method of writing. I think uh, our mutual friend talked about, and it's the, the initial takeoff of a piece and you want your vertical takeoff to go straight up. Like you want to capture someone's attention and hook them right away. And I think James mm-hmm. Altucher is like a perfect example of like a vertical takeoff. That's a very good point. Yeah. Vulnerability is definitely the name of the game when it comes to his approach. And yeah, he's, he's very public about his life. Um, like the experiences he's been through. Um, yeah, I completely agree. Um, no, that's, that's really cool. I think uh, Derek Sivers is the same way. He's such a, such a broad spectrum of careers in a, in a way. For sure. And a fun fact about Derek, for those who don't know him, he actually, he's 
he gets he probably gets a lot of email he's very popular but he responds to every single email that he gets and <laughs> within something 24 hours i've emailed him a couple of times and he just gets back to you as if i don't know how he manages it um he apparently has a very old computer that doesn't have anything fancy on it and mm. he he's he's definitely living a very interesting life <laughs> very different to to the norm um something i can't do I, like basically going without without your phone for for long periods of time during the day or for weeks um yeah definitely definitely hard to disconnect but he's he's able to do that yeah that's that's i just finished his book um your tribe and your music i believe it's called and so i have a i have a brother-in-law who's a musician and it just i think it's great uh in terms of like how how to think about like how do you how do you be empathetic to your to your audience your music and the people, right? Just um, yeah. I'm sure if that's the title. Yeah, that's one of your music and people. Yeah, that's um, that's one of his new new books that came out. The, the first one I read that same as same as Jane Valtucher was um, anything you want, and it's mm. kind of on starting a business, but also there's a lot of principles in there that you can apply to life. I haven't checked out your music and people yet, uh, but it's on my list. I think, you know, at some point during this podcast, uh, we need to maybe even choose a book and, and talk about it a little bit. It'd be kind of nice to go back and forth. I, I feel like I, I have this pull to continue talking about these books, but I realize that it's probably not right for this particular right. episode. Oh, so. for sure. Or, or even like picking, picking a personality and just like um, talk about our points of view and like what we've learned from them. Um, definitely. That's a, that's a great idea. Great. Um, okay. Well, uh, Reza, what, is there anything that you've come across this week that's been really interesting to you? Like, is there, I think your newsletter's going out today, right? Or has it, has it shipped? It usually ships before this podcast. So it's, yeah, just went out okay. uh, an hour ago. Number, what was something, um, what was something from that? Oh, sorry. What was something from that newsletter that, uh, you came across? Yeah, the one we basically covered in depth was was the idea of um, not having a niche for your blog. Mm. The the piece that I wrote about is uh, the power or the I guess the value of fresh perspectives in life, and how in a lot of situations imagination is a lot more important than knowledge. So, in oftentimes in like in our workplaces or in our daily interactions, we tend to. I guess focus a lot on experience and like something that's been done before kind of forgetting the fact that there is a lot of, lot of value in asking someone who's never been exposed to that topic, what they think mm -hmm. about it. Because oftentimes when I learn a lot about something, I start forming opinions about how things should be done. And I forget that there is a, like, an, like a sea of possibilities for how that, thing can, can be done and you forget about that you kind of limit yourself in in that way so yeah that's just a reminder for that that i wrote about i'm hoping to write something longer on that longer longer form um and for everything else that i've included in the newsletter i think they're usually under 100 words so i would love to expand on some of those um, on my blog soon it's always there's always like a compelling feeling to want to sound smart you know and know what you're talking about or just to jump in and like own the conversation. And I think, you know, I don't know what it's like for you, but that is something that like I have to kind of hold back and realize like, I don't actually know a lot about this topic and I just need to ask questions versus coming at it. Like I, you know, know more than I do. And I think that's always such a, that's a good lesson to like keep in mind, especially when you're talking about topics with new people and just really taking their like beginner's mind and letting that sort of blossom and, uh, find itself, you know, through a conversation. So that's, that's a great insight. Exactly. And it's just like, I felt it was very connected to, I actually include a, include a quote from Einstein as well, which is, I have no special talent. I'm only uh, passionately curious. And I think that's along, along the, the lines of that. And I was like, when I saw that, I was like, this is the reason I actually started the newsletter as well. And in a lot of situations, it's kind of like questioning things. Uh, in a in a not judgmental way, but in a curious way, and then kind of going deeper. And a lot of the like reason I 
like know about certain things is because of that curiosity, not so much about that. Um, like I read a lot or do, do this or do that. I just go a little deeper than the surface level about different things and kind of resonated with me as well. Uh, hence why I wrote about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So I have no idea what I'm going to write about for my newsletter coming up. Um, I feel like I kind of wasted my idea on Comarie <laughs> for last <laughs> week. And like, and now I get all either think of something new. Um, how, how, like, like what's your process for, I guess you can pick one to talk about, which you, you prefer either outlining an article and maybe just like, tell us how long it takes you to, from like idea stage to like hitting publish or for your newsletter, whichever, whichever you prefer. I think, I think, uh, let's stick with newsletters. Just that's a little bit shorter. Um, so like you, I just organize everything in, in Rome research, which is our note-taking tool of choice. And I will, as I read throughout the week, I'll tag things. And so basically what, like when I start writing my newsletter, I try to only spend maybe maximum three hours on it. I, I want it to be something that's just short and gives, gives a little summary of like what I'm thinking about that week. And then sharing a few links that are directionally like, um, part of plan your next. And so those go through my filter and I try to make it as quick as possible. If I could do it in a half an hour, I would do it in a half an hour. Um, but my, my personal goal is to, to write less in my newsletter and then write more on my site. Mm-hmm. And what's, How, uh, what's coming, coming out next on your site? Uh, on my site, it's expanding on this idea that, um, that I did in my last newsletter or wrote about in my last newsletter is, uh, how to apply the Cone Marie method to your creative inputs. What and is so, a Cone Marie method for those who don't know? It's, uh, it's a, it's a method that was created by Marie Kondo and Marie wrote a book called the life-changing magic of tidying. And she essentially applies this, this method to how do you, how do you organize and, and tidy your home? And most of it is throwing stuff out. Right. And so you really deep. What's that? <laughs> Easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You think so. <laughs> yeah. So you're essentially, you're asked to hold every item in your hands and ask yourself, does this item spark mm. joy? And you do that for everything. So books, clothes, you know, like what plants. a powerful question. It's crazy. So like if you were to ask that of yourself about the things that you spend time watching or reading or accumulating digitally, mostly do those things spark joy. And so if you mm. were to rid yourself of must of most of that clutter, that digital clutter, like, could you like the question I pose is, could you be more creative or could you output more creatively if you sort of like ran a, a larger filter over the stuff that you're, that you're reading. And so that's sort of applying the Cone Marie method to your creative inputs. That's the premise. So you're going to be expanding on what you wrote in the newsletter and kind of write an article about it. Yeah. So right now we're about 2000 words deep. I hope to get that down to maybe 12 to 1300. I think that there's just a lot of fluff and I, you know, in your writing process, I'm not sure I'd love to hear your take on this, but it, takes a long time to edit. I think it's just, you're constantly like rewriting, thinking of new stories, thinking of new ways to kind of relate to people and to relate, relate to your own life. And so, um, that's the most difficult part for me. Gotcha. And I have kept those channels on, on Slack on red to go, to go through for the feedback. So I'm, I'm actually dedicating some time over the weekend to go through the, uh, feedback channels for on deck and make sure I look at everyone's writing and where I can help out. So I'll yeah. definitely look, check out, check yours out and um, leave some comments if I can provide any feedback. Yeah, definitely. So how long does it take you to write your newsletter out of curiosity? The newsletter depends, uh, but I'd say on average, it takes a good, I want to say five or six hours. Okay. The whole thing of, so the format is usually like like I said, an original piece that, that I write about depending on what's inspired me that week. And then there is a, there's a, like two or three articles that I've, I've read or videos that I've watched. And then yeah. my process is kind of like consuming that, summarizing it, or like basically highlighting it and then summarizing it in my own words. 
which helps me understand it more and then kind of bringing it over to, to the newsletter. And I kind of do that throughout the week in Rome and mm-hmm. tag them with the right issue. Um, and then, and then there is a new kind of section I've, I've been adding, which is kind of like a questionnaire. I kind of wanted to find a way to uh, give exposure to the people I look up to uh, mm-hmm. in different areas or people that I follow on social or uh, outside in, in person and kind of show their work to my, to my readers as well. Because some of the, I guess some of the good news newsletters that I uh, follow, the ones that are curated, they have the abundance of that kind of like getting exposed to new people, new artists, new writers, new entrepreneurs, new makers. So I've started adding that. I call it curious corner. It was, it was actually um, going to be, it was actually one of the candidates for the actual newsletter name at the beginning as well. I realized it's too hard to, to say, so I'm using it there now. And then, and then just like a, like a quote to end with, but yeah, um, it's, it's around that, that length of time. So if you could have, uh, who would your first guest be for Curious Corner to interview? It was, uh, so I started three weeks ago. Um, it was Drew Riley, who is um, who runs a newsletter called Trends.VC, one of my favorite mm-hmm. newsletters. There's two versions. There is a free version and a paid version. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Drew is like one of, actually one of the people that is doing a really good job of providing a lot of value in his paid newsletter. I, I really like that. Uh, he basically analyzes different trends as the name suggests. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think uh, it's one of, one of the, one of the interesting ones. Is Sam Parr part of that? Very company? good question. A lot of people uh, confuse the two trends. So there is trends.vc, which is what yeah. Drew does. And then yep. there is trends that is a brand under the hustle, which is okay. the daily newsletter, um, which I think that's trends.co is a, is a website. And that's where Sam and his team, uh, team um, uh, run, run the newsletter. I don't know if it was accidental or they started at the same time. I don't know the history <laughs> behind it. One of the yeah. first thing I said to Drew was that initially when I came across Trends with VC, I actually confused the two together. I thought they were the same thing. So for a while, I was like, oh, what's going on? Are they the same thing? And funnily enough, I'm actually, those are the two paid newsletters that I'm subscribed to right now, the, the two Trends uh, plus Lenny's the three, the three I'm paying for. And this week, four people have been telling me you should subscribe to Stratechery by Ben Thompson. Stratechery? Stratechery, yeah. Yes. uh, Yeah. Are you, do you, do you read that? I'm not subscribed, but he is, uh, Ben Thompson is definitely a, um, he, he's kind of like the, the grandfather of like, extremely well-written paid newsletters and he's making a killing at it. Um, but yeah, his, his deep takes on, on business is pretty incredible. There you go. There goes a number, number, number five number person, five. No, the fifth person who tells me to have to subscribe. So, um, I've dropped a couple of paid newsletters that I was subscribed to recently. So I think there's room for another one to be added to the list. So that was going to be, that's going to be it probably coming at you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> What's on the so- agenda for, for the week ahead, I guess for the next week's until next week, until we, we talk again. Yeah, I think uh, a couple of writing groups for me. So we have, I'm, I'm signed up for one this weekend and then, um, I think that's, I think that's roughly it, but I'm going to be trying to get this article done and then start my next one. And so, uh, really just try to keep the cadence up and, you know, I think make my writing time productive. I think it's been slacking mm. a little bit lately. So that's such a tough thing to do. And for me, how do you make it productive? Yeah. So I think my hack is, which is not really a hack, but it's just leaving the phone away from the mm. computer and, either writing on my iPad, which is a little bit easier with like a single app sort of um, interface, or if I'm on my Mac, I'll use um, just like one, one browser, one tab, and just like close everything else out and just really focus in on what I'm doing. Um, so it's, it's basically like applying the Cole Marie method to <laughs> my computer. It sounds like you've been writing an article about this method. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> pretty well set in right now. <laughs> That's all I'm thinking about. Nice. How about, how do you focus? I, I find it very hard to focus actually. Um, I, yeah, usually when I put my phone aside or kind of like face down, I don't look Mm -hmm. at it. That's a good way to look at things. I've been, uh, kind of muting notifications on my laptop as well. That helps a lot. 
I'm very bad at uh, my tab management. There is a recent Chrome extension that I've been using called Tabby, T-A-B-B-Y, mm. that kind of suspends um, certain tabs and keeps them in a, in a kind of like a list for you so you can go back to them later. So you don't need to worry about like losing them. So I've been yeah. using that. It's been quite effective. You can tell it like as soon as I go over four tabs, close the fifth one um, after like 10 minutes of inactivity. So that's been effective. But um, yeah, it's um, so I like maybe just like a uh, plug about Sorted, the, the app that I'm working on right now with the team. It, it, it really, uh, since I've been using it, it, it's helped me massively with, with focus because it helps me schedule my day. And I know like, for example, on Wednesday, I had a lot of meetings with my team and outside of that with OnDeck. And I, on that day, I could only fit two tasks in my schedule from yeah. 9.30 a.m. till 11 p.m. that I was at my desk. So that, that's enabled more focus as well for me, just like knowing like on a day that I have six meetings in my calendar, appointments that you can like, we have with people, um, mm-hmm. you can only do so much. So before I used to be stressing about it and say, oh, like I didn't do much today, but that like kind of visualization, you see it on your timeline, it, it really gives you that focus. Um, and something else, actually, maybe we talked about this last time. I've been trying not to book meetings before 12 p.m., before noon, uh, which um, like on difficult. some days it's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's something I'm, I'm trying to strive to as well. I'd love to. Which is not possible. Too, it's not, yeah, it's, it's hard. It doesn't sound <laughs> realistic for me. I think but. it's easier for me because I'm working with a, with a remote team of people and there are different time zones. Whereas if you like, I'm looking back at my, uh, my earlier job that I was at and we were all in Toronto, so not a remote company. Yeah. And that would have been a lot more difficult to do with having a team, working with a team um, that are all in the same time zone. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm, uh, I work with a team that's mostly in Minneapolis, uh, a time zone two hours ahead of me. And sometimes it works in my favor, but ultimately it's, uh, I'm kind of beholden to, to that schedule. Gotcha. So we are kind of wrapping up on an hour here. Should we, uh, should we call it a, call it a day? Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to read your article. Hopefully before you publish it, provide some feedback and talk about it next week. And, uh, this has been fun as usual. There is it's fascinating how much there is to talk about and we could probably go for another like four hours, but <laughs> right. for the sake of the people who are listening, uh, kindly listening, we're going to call it, it, call it a night, call it a day, depending on which, like you're, you're still, yeah, it's seven o'clock over there. Yeah. And um, yeah, I hope you found it valuable. Well, for the record, we have four subscribers and two of them are probably <laughs> us, but... <laughs> Nice. I actually didn't no know that. I didn't, I didn't check. There. We had um, we had twenty downloads last week from across the world, and I could I could probably tell, <laughs> depending on those countries, who those people are. I guess for the U.S. it was it was hundred percent California. Then I I could I could tell it was you. Toronto. There was actually one in Ontario, one in British Columbia. So I don't know who that kind person was in D.C. But that's as much as we can see. Uh, yeah. don't, don't, don't panic. We can't see anything more than that. It's just, yeah. it's just the locations. But um, let us know what you like, what you like to hear about. And we're going to keep doing this at least for the next um, sort of two or so months during On Deck. And uh, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you.